So today we are in Philippians 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. It says here, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I will rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful uh, for Center Church and for leadership at Center Church, and we're just grateful for the O'Cells that they uh, can be away uh, on vacation out of state and just enjoy sometime as a family. And so, God, you, uh, you are good. You are powerful. And so this morning as we continue in Philippians, God, I, I pray uh, that we would see uh, Jesus in all of this, um, that we would see how everything points to Jesus. And God, um, coming to you in humility with a humble heart and, and knowing, God, uh, my inadequacies, God, you are powerful and you can take those things uh, and, and turn it into good. And so we ask uh, for you just to be glorified uh, this morning uh, and, and be honored and that the, the name of Jesus would be magnified. So we just, uh, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So my hope uh, as I was preparing this sermon uh, and spending time and studying and meditating on these verses was to be able to, to draw out one of the dominating themes that we see here uh, in Philippians 1, 12 to 18. I think there are a few themes that we could probably pull out of this uh, scripture, uh, but what does God have for us today to kind of really focus in on and, and to kind of hone in on, right? And so the, the beauty of scripture is that God can utilize these set of verses and speak to our hearts in a very specific way uh, today, and then we can read these same verses later in the future and, and God will speak to our hearts in a way that is caring for us at that time in that season of life. And so that's the beauty uh, of Scripture. Uh, and so uh, that's part of the way that God cares for us. And, and what is it then that we have here today? What is it that, that God has uh, for us today? And I think it's this here. One of the dominating themes that we see or truths uh, that we see here uh, is this. In the midst of our circumstances, good or bad, God utilizes his people, the church, to advance the message of who Jesus Christ is. Now, this may come across as obvious, right? Like, yeah, of course, that's, that's what we do, right? That's the church. God uses the church to advance the gospel. That makes sense. I, I think what's key here and what we see over and over again is that as God is utilizing his people in the circumstances that they are in, right? And so this is a theme that we consistently see happening in this set of verses as we dig into it and look into it uh, a little bit more. And so hopefully we get to answer this question, you know, well, how is this significant? Why is this significant uh, for us? 
Uh, and so in the next several minutes that we have together, my hope is that we would see how Paul reminds us that, that everything is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, and that should move us to, to worship him. Right. So verse 12, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Now, this is a short verse, but there's so much that you can unpack here. This is such a powerful verse. So a quick recap about Paul uh, and what was happening to him, right? Um, We already learned last Sunday from chapter 1, verse 7, that Paul is facing imprisonment at the time that this letter was written. Some of the Jewish leaders hated Paul and his message of Jesus, which eventually led to his arrest. So they had him arrested by the Roman government. More specifically, uh, he was a prisoner under house arrest, right? Uh, and he was constantly chained to a Roman guard 24-7. So that was, that was his life, right? That was his life in confinement uh, as he was writing to the church in Philippi, and, and awaiting his trial, right, with the Roman government. So this is the context and setting for, for Paul. So Paul is saying here that the very nature of him being imprisoned is actually helping to advance the gospel. So it, it's funny. You can't help but, but notice some of the irony that surround the, the circumstances and the situation, right? On one hand, the Jews hated Paul and were trying to limit the gospel uh, progress, right? They were trying to limit the message of Paul uh, by having him imprisoned. So the whole purpose of Paul's imprisonment was to stop him from sharing Jesus, right? But we see God utilizing Paul's imprisonment and his circumstances to be the very means of gospel advancement. So Paul's arrest, in a sense, did not deter the gospel from advancing through him. So then to whom, right? To, to whom was the gospel message actually reaching. We read that in verses 12 and 13 here. I'll read verse 12 again. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So we see that Paul's arrest allowed the gospel to reach places that he would have never had access to, specifically the Roman Imperial Guard, right? So these guards that were chained to Paul 24-7 and rotated out every four to six hours for their shift, these soldiers served under the direct command of the emperor himself. They are the ones who provided personal protection for the emperor uh, and would serve as a local policing force. So these, these Roman guards, these soldiers, viewed the emperor as the great peacekeeper and savior, but they were hearing something totally opposite from Paul uh, as they were chained to him. Now, remember from last week, uh, under Paul's house arrest, he was allowed to have visitors on occasion, right? So Paul wasn't in this, he wasn't in this dark dungeon, you know, with rats. Uh, he, he was under house arrest, but he was allowed to have visitors uh, on occasion. And so Paul loved talking about Jesus, right? And, and so these soldiers, they kept hearing about him over and over again. And of course, news about Jesus started to spread throughout the Roman guard. 
in an unexpected way, the most powerful nation at the time was getting to hear the message of Jesus. So the Jews that wanted Paul in prison, they didn't see that coming, right? God had other plans and was moving in such a way that even the highest levels of government were getting to hear the truth of Christ. So th- this is huge, right? And so we, we also read, uh, Paul makes mention in verse 13 of uh, all the rest. Now, we don't exactly know who uh, all the rest were. Uh, we just know that uh, Paul is referring to other people uh, in addition to these Roman soldiers that were, that were hearing about Jesus. And so that much we, we do know. So what does this all mean for us? and the circumstances that we find ourselves in, right? Although we may not be chained to a guard on house arrest, we find ourselves in difficult life circumstances, right? In the midst of your sufferings, in the depths of your depression, in your feelings of inadequacy in parenting, in struggling finances, in the, in the presence of strained family or marriage relationships, in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, right? All these complexities of life, God understands you, and he knows you, and, and he still chooses you to be the messengers of good news of Christ. And so God will utilize you so that others may know and experience the goodness of Jesus. So even in the messiness of our lives, he will utilize you for his joy and for ours. A few weeks ago, Robert preached and shared the Great Commission found in Matthew 28. And we read the words of Jesus saying this, All authority in heaven on earth and on earth has been given to me. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this should be a huge burden taken off your shoulders here, right? It's not of our own power that we do gospel advancement. It's, the, it's God's power and his authority that the gospel actually advances. And so we are simply just partaking in what God is doing and what he will continue to do. So we are, we are instruments in that. So, so far we see that it was through Paul's imprisonment that God was making the gospel known in Rome and the surrounding areas. We see advancement, one, with Paul and the imperial guards and the mention of all the rest. And then two, we also see the progress of the gospel through believers. Verse 14. And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul's movement around the city, it it was restricted, right? He he was confined uh, to a very specific place uh, under house arrest. But that wasn't the case for local believers. right? So the news of Paul's detainment and imprisonment naturally should have dissuaded believers from sharing the gospel message. At least, that was the hope of those who had him arrested. The believers saw what happened to people when they spoke about Jesus. They saw what was happening to Paul. And so you would think that the tendency for believers 
should have been to just run, to hide, hide in fear, to cower. But quite the opposite was happening, right? What we see here is a supernatural working of the Spirit, imparting boldness and imparting confidence to these believers as they speak the word. So Paul was in chains so that others may be emboldened by the Spirit. So the, the people, says here that the people were speaking without fear. Like, this, this is huge. This is huge. And, and you may not see, you may not see it, but God may be using your circumstances to embolden others. He may be using your circumstances to encourage other believers in the Lord. It is through God's strength that we don't have to be afraid. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Guys, God has got this all under control. Like that, that should bring us comfort. God is in control. There's nothing for us to fear. Our confidence is not in ourselves. It's not found in ourselves, thankfully. Thankfully, it's, it's found in God. And he's the one that will uphold us and give us strength. So as we read about the believers sharing Christ, we also notice uh, two observations about the believers in verses 15 to 17. All right, so we read verses 15 and 17. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So here Paul describes uh, two groups of people with, with two different motives, right? The first group preached out of envy and rivalry. And then the second group preached out of goodwill. So this leads me to ask the question, right? Do you ever face jealousy or envy at work when you see coworkers who are doing great at their job? When you see these same people who are recognized for their contribution and success, are you uh, excited for them? Do you rejoice with them? Here, we, we see that there were Christians who were jealous of Paul's ministry. They were jealous of his success in ministry. And instead of seeking to magnify the glory of Jesus, they were more concerned about glorifying themselves, right? And rather than delighting in lost people coming to Christ, their delight was in their own reputation and their own selfish desires. So their motives were in the wrong place. And we're not much different from them today, are we? The heart of man is deceitful and longing to satisfy itself. So it wouldn't be too far of a stretch to say that our hearts also experience jealousy and envy at times with, with other people. So, but the encouragement is that uh, for us to look to Jesus in our jealousy and in our envy, right? Jesus is the one where satisfaction and contentment come from. So look to him. 
Lastly, we read verse 18, and here's where God comes in and, and saves the day as he naturally does. Even Christians with selfish motives and sinful hearts can't derail God's plan in making himself known among the nations. Listen to how Paul responds to the selfish motives of these believers in verse 18. He says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. So Paul rejoices because Christ is being proclaimed. So I don't think Paul was being dismissive of their flawed motives, but rather I think Paul has experienced such an incredible amount of freedom in Jesus, right? Think about him. Think about him before he was a follower of Jesus. He persecuted Christians, right? He, he hated Christians. And so although the motives of some of these believers that we read about were flawed, Paul recognized the fact that people were hearing the gospel message of Jesus, right? And in that, he finds reason to rejoice. So the motivation in sharing Jesus with others should be rooted in the joy of what Jesus did for us. Like Paul, we realize our desperate need uh, for a Savior. And so we have to ask ourselves, as we, as we close here, we have to ask ourselves, uh, where do you find your joy rooted in? Is it in the comfort of your circumstances? Is it in the fun of your hobbies? Is it in the idea of your future circumstances, your 401k? When you retire, you're going to find that your circumstances will change. They will change in favorable and in unfavorable ways. In fact, you may find yourself in circumstances that you could just wish away. And you may often pray for your circumstances that God would take action in a way that you find favorable. And, and hear me when I say this. It is, it is okay to pray for your circumstances. You should pray for your circumstances. But as you are praying, remember where joy actually comes from. Our joy is found in a person, Jesus Christ, in who he is and what he has done. Our joy is not found in our circumstances. If it were, we would constantly be disappointed. God knows your circumstances. He knows what you need better than you think. He knows that, that you need a Savior. First Peter 2 24 to 25 says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So you see, God is utilizing you to remind others of this news that we read right here, to remind others of this news of Jesus with your kids, with your classmates, with your coworkers, your friends, your spouse, your family members, those 
within your spheres of influence. It's all about Jesus. And finally here, three points of gospel application. And you hear Kevin talk about this often, right? These, these points of gospel application uh, are not a to-do list. Rather, it is a list of things that, that God has done and is continuing doing. All right, the first is this. God utilizes his people for his glory. In whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, God is near and he knows you. Second point. Our source of joy is found in a person, in Jesus. True joy is not found in our circumstances or in our hobbies, but, but rather the person of who Jesus is. And third, Jesus is the central figure in Philippians. And so as we continue our study in Philippians, there's no denying that Paul reminds us that everything points to Jesus and we will continue to see this as we work through the book of Philippians. And so be encouraged, friends. Be encouraged that we have a loving, kind God who uses broken and messed up people to build his church. Let's approach God with great humility.